Uh, you can love your study. You can love life. You can even love your pets. You could love your car. You could love a book. You can love food. I, I love pizza, ice cream, a good coffee. I even love KFC. It's probably really bad for me. And you might even love a Big Mac. Love features very prominently in tonight's passage. And tonight we're going to look at God's love for us, how that love works in us and the commandment to love one another. John begins here by saying, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. And when we think of all of those different kinds of love that there are, what kind of love is the Bible talking about here? What kind of love are Christians to show to each other? Is it the kind of love that I have for food? Is it simply being good to each other? No, it, it's not any old sort of love. It's a very special kind of love. How special is it? Well, let's continue with verse 7. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. When John is, says being born of God, he's talking about being born again, being born of the Spirit. Those who are born of God are true Christians. So John is saying in order to express this particular love, you need to be a Christian. He's not saying that non-Christians can't express love in some ordinary way, but this particular love, they can't know because this love comes from God and non-Christians haven't been born of God. It's exclusively a Christian's love. But do all Christians have this love? Verse 8 says, Whoever does not know God, sorry, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So if you do not love with this love, then you are not a Christian. Every Christian knows this love. No non-Christian has it and every Christian has it. It is exclusive to Christians because it is tied to the knowledge of God and that love is inherent in God's character. God is love. You cannot say that you have faith and not have this love because it's what God is. If you don't know this love, you don't know God and if you don't know God, then you can't possibly have a relationship with him. For a Christian, knowledge of God is a part of our relationship with God. So this love is a consequence of our relationship with God. So if you've put your trust in Christ as Lord and Saviour, you have a relationship with God and so you must have this love. So what is this love we're talking about, really? We can understand this love best by seeing how God loves us. From verse 9, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Often when we talk about love, we think about it as a feeling. If someone says they love someone, more often than not it means that they feel love. It really means that it's how that person makes them feel. And so when they stop feeling loved, it's gone. But that's not how God loves us. It's not a feeling. Instead, it's an active love. It's demonstrated by his actions that result in our benefit. God took action so that we might live eternally with him. Without God taking action, we would all die and our case would be helpless. There is no way we would live 
with him. But God acted to our benefit. This is God's love. But it's more than this. God's love for us is a sacrificial love. It's a costly love. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. John goes on to emphasise the extent of God's love for us. In verse 10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God sent his one and only son into the world and he paid the price at the cross. He died for us. The son of God became man, came into this world so that he could die for us. This is a really huge price to pay. This is the son of God, the one through, the whole, through whom the whole universe was created. And then he came down to, to save us, the ones he created. That's a huge price to pay. It is a sacrificial and costly love. I suppose when we think about sacrificial love, we may think of those who gave up their lives in war. People who fought for their country, for their family, for their mates by their side. There are some of their names up on the wall here. There are many people who died in the trenches and at sea and in the air. These are people who died bravely, who sacrificed their own lives for others. But God's love is even greater than this. Would those soldiers have died for a traitor? Would they have died for a deserter? Would they have died for someone who was at the front line with them and then ran away in the opposite direction, leaving them at the front to fight for themselves? Would they be dying for them? No, not at all. But we were traitors when Christ died for us. We were, we were traitors. When he was made the atoning sacrifice for our sins, we were deserters. In fact, when Christ died for us, we were fighting for the other side. We were his enemies. God's love for us is more than just sacrificial. It's also unconditional. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God loved us first. Christ didn't die for his friends. He died for us while we were his enemies, while we were traitors. The sacrifice was necessary because we are sinners. We're imperfect and we're idol worshippers. But Christ died for us even still. God's love for us is sacrificial and unconditional. It gives up a lot and no expectation of anything from us. And when I say sacrificial love, it's not that God looked at us and said, oh, I love them so much I'll give them anything they want, anything they ask for. That wouldn't have done us any good at all. Where would we be now? No, God's design for man was that he glorify God and enjoy him forever. God restores us to that design at a great cost to himself. There is no payment from us, no good behaviour or worship practice that would help satisfy the cost. It's, it's given to us as a gift. It's grace. It's God's riches given to us at Christ's expense. God's love for us is sacrificial and unconditional. So, 
if this is how God expressed his love for us, by acting out his love unconditionally and at great cost, if this God loves us in this way, how should we respond? In verse 11 it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God showed his love to us, therefore we should love one another also in the same way. What John is saying is that because God loved us this much, we owe it to him to love others, to love the same ones that he loved. Because God has loved us so much, it would be completely inappropriate for us not to love others. Look at the people next to you. God loved them so much that he gave his only son that they might live Think about the other people in the hall here that you haven't met yet. Uh, Perhaps you don't know them so well. God died for them so that they might live. Then carry that thought back out to those people that you work with, that you live with, those people that you meet in the street. God sent his one and only son so that they might live. Shouldn't you love them also? God has demonstrated his love for all of us. Therefore, we should love others in the same way. But how is this going to work? Is it simply that we look at God's example of love and then we can just love like him? Do you think that would work? I don't think so. I don't think it's very easy at all for us to love just like God. But we can. And it's because God's love is actually at work within us. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If we love one another, it's because God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It is God within us that changes us. Let me give you an example. John Newton, he was born in 1725. He started life as a Bible reading, praying young man And it wasn't long, though, before his life took a wrong turn. Uh, He was a young man who frequently abandoned his work. He treated those beneath him with contempt and those above him with little respect. And when war came around, he deserted the navy and ran away and eventually he became a slave trader. He was a contemptible man, a troublemaker. He was a blasphemer who had no respect for others and only for himself. There was no love in him. He knew about God's love. He'd read the Bible, but there was no evidence of that in his life. There was no change. But by the time John Newton was 40, he'd become a minister. He was a really good preacher and he cared greatly for those around him. His life had completely turned around. He'd gone from being a slave trader to being one who fought against those who were slave traders and was pivotal in the abolishment of slave trade within Britain. He went from a man who had contempt for those around him to a man who loved those around him, who cared and supported those who were in his care. This was a man who had no love, who became a man who loved with a love that was from God. So what was the difference? What happened? John Newton came to faith in Jesus Christ. He was born again. He received the Holy Spirit and his life was changed. If we love one another, it's because God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 
How do we know that God lives in us? Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, then God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. We know that God lives in us because he has given us his spirit and that is given to us by faith. It's good to see here, our faith requires us to know and rely upon the love of God. Our faith, our trust in Christ is for the total forgiveness of our sins, for the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. But that's exactly how God has shown his love for us as well. So when we have faith, we're actually relying on and trusting in the love of God. Our faith is all about God's love acted out for us. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, then God lives in him and he in God. And we know we have faith when we profess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. And when that is true, God lives in us through his spirit. Continuing verse 16, it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Now, it says God is love. One undeniable essential characteristic of God is his love. Now, if it's one undeniable characteristic of God that is love, then Because God lives in us, it becomes one undeniable and essential characteristic of a Christian that we love. It may not be perfected, but it is an undeniable and essential characteristic. We live in love. The ability to love comes to us by the Holy Spirit. So it's a gift from God. And what a gift it is. The same love with which God loves us we are now able to show to others. And think about that. That's really awesome because it's the same love that we experience from God we're able to share amongst ourselves and we get to experience it from others here as well. The church becomes a place of God's love being worked out amongst us. It truly is a gift that keeps on giving. God's love is at work within us through his spirit. It changes us and enables us to love like God. But wait, there's more. Verse 17, In this way, love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world, we are like him. Because we become like God in the way in which we love, we have proof in ourselves of the Spirit's work within us. And because of that, we can have confidence for the day of judgment. The work of the Holy Spirit within us changes us and moulds us to love like God. The expression of this love in our lives is evidence of our faith. So, if you can see the work of the Spirit in your life, this should give you confidence for the day of judgment. At the day of judgment, we will all stand before Christ and those with faith will be gathered to him. And the rest of them will be cast into the lake of fire. Confidence for that day is one thing worth having. And we can have that confidence because we become loving in the same way that God loves us. 
love acted out by us in the same way that God loves us is produced by the Holy Spirit working within us. And the Spirit is only gifted to us by faith in Christ. Therefore, when we love more like God, we can be sure of our faith. Because this change is being worked out in our life, we can look forward to the day of judgment without fear. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Because we trust in God's perfect love for us, we have no reason to fear. If you think about it, the worst thing that can happen to us here is that well, we can die and we, well, then we just go to be with God anyway. So there really isn't anything to fear here either. But John really is just speaking about judgment day. Because our sins are forgiven, because righteousness has been granted to us, at judgment day there is no reason to fear. Where God lives in you, he will never depart and you can live with complete confidence that your life is with him in heaven. God's love is at work within us, giving us the ability to love one another and giving us confidence for that day of judgement. Now with God's great love made known to us and by the working out of his love through us by his spirit, we can be, have no doubt as to why we show love to others. In verse 19 it says, We love because he first loved us. We owe it all to God. It wouldn't happen without him. But are Christians perfect? Are we? No. No, we aren't. The working of the Spirit within us is not yet complete. Therefore, we'll often be imperfect about how we show this love. But, verse 20, it says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is an example of opposite behaviours. Hating someone is obviously the opposite to loving someone. You can, we can fail to love someone well or fail to love them in the right way, but hate, well, that's the opposite. And the Bible says this is evidence that you don't love God. Love is a necessary, essential characteristic of a Christian who knows and loves God, who has been born of God. And if that's not enough, John concludes, verse 21, and he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. It was Christ who made this command to love one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We have seen how God has shown his love for us unconditionally and at great cost. We can see how God's spirit is at work within us to change us so that we can love like God, giving us confidence for the day of judgement. Our faith and trust is in God's love for us And so not only because Christ commanded it, but because God first loved us, we should love one another. So do you love one another? Do you love one another with the same love that God loved you? Do you love them unconditionally, 
Or do you love only those who love you back? Do you love people despite the cost to yourself? Or do you hold back thinking that you might hurt or it might be difficult? This love is a special love. It's it's exclusive to Christians because it comes from God. Every person who is being born again has this love for others. If you say you are a Christian, then you must have this love for others. And if the Spirit is working its way within you, then this love will be evident in your life. If you have faith in Christ, then love one another. Our love between each other isn't going to be perfect, but it's always there. And then take confidence in your faith because of this love that you can see. If you have something against someone, then I urge you, be reconciled. Consider God's love for you and God's love for them. Love them unconditionally and at risk to yourself. Remember that the Spirit works within us to change us, helps you to produce this love. You are able to love the way God loves. Tonight, if you do not yet know God's love, know that God does love you and he wants you to have eternal life. He sent his son into the world so that you might live. Repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you too can know God's love. Today and for the rest of your life, may you hear God's Spirit calling from within your heart. May Christ's command ring in your ears. Love one another. God has shown his great love for us and God's spirit continues to work within us to change us. Let us love one another. Let us pray.